You're listening to Retrospection Radio Theater from the creative mind of Noah Martin, brought to you by Retrospection Multimedia. It takes a lot of work to bring you these stories, and so I'd like to point out that we have a Patreon and Ko-fi in the description. A small donation of $5 can get you access to exclusive content and help keep Madison, Maine afloat. We are proud to bring you Retrospection Radio Season 5, Future Imperfect. Sally Baker returned to her apartment in giddy excitement. She hadn't ever had a date like that before. She hadn't ever met a man like that before. To have met someone that made her feel the way she did? To have met someone that enjoyed the same things as her? Though she was generally a stalwart woman, she found her bulwark of a heart begin to crumble and shatter at the thought of love. And then her mind began to race. She opened her hotel door and locked it behind her. She walked over and sat down on the hotel bed, cupping her face in her hands. These emotions, they weren't right. She wasn't allowed to feel them. She shouldn't ever feel them again. Her mother was dead, and there was nothing she could do. Hope Wilson was gone, and there was nothing she could do. She ran away from home. She bottled up her emotions. She cut all ties to Madison and only came back because she had truly nowhere else to go. And now she's found a reason to stay in Madison and someone that makes her feel something? She knew it was only one date. She knew she had met him that day. But like in a Shakespearean play, she found herself falling more and more in love with the idea of Elliot Cooper. I'll be honest with you, dear listener. It's a little bit creepy how fast the two of them have fallen in love with each other. The romantics out there will say they were meant for one another. But the realists realize the true reason why Sally Baker and Elliot Cooper had fallen hard for one another. They had nothing else to do. That's right. You heard me. Sally Baker is so detached from her emotions that, since Elliot Cooper showed some mild interest in her, she had begun to formulate feelings and attachments in her mind. She began to imagine a future with him, a future where they might even end up married. But alas, dear listener, that can never happen. Reality is a harsh mistress, and I figured I'd save you the time of an entire seasonal arc of will they, won't they. They will. And then they won't. I tell you because their love matters little to the story. It's their wanting to be together that changes themselves from the normal people they were into the people they become. I want to take a moment here to go back and discuss something I said earlier. We can afford this moment as Sally is still having an existential crisis fighting her emotions as she curls up on the hotel bed and struggles, deciding whether or not she's allowed to feel something. I ask you today to close your eyes and think about the people you know in your life. Have you ever met someone so determined to live with someone else that they neglect the rest of the world? 
Have you ever met someone who dove feet first into what they thought was love, simply because the other person gave them money or gifts or treated them well? Then years down the line they break up or get divorced? What was that love worth? Was it truly love, or did the person manipulate themselves into the false concept that their partner cared? There are too many people on this planet to fall in love with the first... There are too many people on this planet for you to fall in love with the first person that shows you kindness. And yet that's as common as rain on a cloudy day. I'm not trying to make a statement over here. Oh, actually I am, but our story is far from over, and this is just a small theme to take away from the large plot. It looks like Sally has calmed herself down enough to get up and walk around the hotel room. Let's rejoin her now. Sally has made a substantial decision that everyone saw coming. She is allowed to feel emotions. The only one who had ever told her she couldn't was herself. With the major revelation that emotions are what makes you human, Sally walks into the bathroom. She takes a heavy sigh and turns on the water faucet. She lowers her head, cups her hands, and splashes water over her face. The cool touch of the liquid was enough to shock her system and bring her mind back to reality. She was alive. She was awake. And she was in her hotel room, right here and right now. Sally turned off the faucet, then lifted her head to look at herself in the mirror. Her dark eyeliner was running from her eyes and down her face, making blackened streaks across. This couldn't be right. She didn't wear makeup. She hadn't worn it since her mom died. She shook her head and turned the faucet back on. She washed her face again and looked into the mirror. Her foundation and blush were beginning to wear off. She turned off the faucet, grabbed a towel from the rack, and began drying her face. She made extra sure that the makeup was off, and then looked in the mirror. Her face was still covered in runny makeup. So, she looked down at the white towel for any marks of makeup whatsoever. There were none. She closed her eyes and shook her head. Perhaps she was simply exhausted in seeing things. She looked in the mirror again. Still, her face was covered in runny makeup. This can't be right, Sally thought. I never wear makeup. Am I going crazy? She was not going crazy. I must be dreaming. She was not dreaming. I must be hallucinating. This is the closest to the truth that she could have said. Sally stared at her reflection, trying to gauge reality. She couldn't determine what was real or not. Had Elliot been real? Did she truly make it to the hotel, or did she die in her car and get thrust into limbo? She decided it was best to extend her hand out, reaching towards the glass. The mirror mimicked her actions, and Sally's hand touched the glass of the mirror. It was icy cold, and the very touch of the mirror felt like her finger had been afflicted by frostbite. She pulled her hand back. And the mirror, however, did not. What? The Sally in the mirror continued touching the edge of the glass. Sally, confused, 
cocked her head to the side to ensure she was seeing what was in front of her correctly. She was. Unsure of what to do, she slowly outstretched her hand back towards the glass, and just as her hand was about to touch, the other Sally shot her hand through the mirror and grabbed Sally's wrist. Sally screamed and tried to fight back. Stronger than Elliot by far, she was able to cement herself on the ground and resist the creature's pull. They struggled back and forth for nearly half an hour. Every time the creature gained ground, Sally used her might to pull herself back. She wasn't sure what to do, but she knew she didn't want to go through the mirror. Yet despite her valiant efforts, the creature was tireless, and Sally was growing tired. She reached her free hand around for a towel rack built into the side of the wall. She gripped it and held on for dear life. The other Sally continued pulling and yanking. Blood began to drip from Sally's wrist and plop to the floor. Yet, Sally held on to the wall-mounted towel rack. It was unfortunate, however, that whomever had designed this particular hotel hadn't taken into account that a grown, muscular woman would be holding on while being yanked by a force equally, if not more powerful than her. The screws began to loosen. The rack began to shake. With another violent pull from the other Sally, the rack came loose. The tearing from the wall caused Sally to stumble. She lost her footing, and the other Sally saw the opportunity to pull her directly through the mirror and into the other world. Sally flung through the mirror at terminal velocity, slamming into the wall on the other side. Still gripping the railing in one hand, she carefully stood to her feet and looked around. Confused, shaken, but not stirred, she tried to put her hand back through the mirror. It didn't work. Cautiously, Sally opened the door to her bathroom and looked around. The hotel room was occupied by the other Sally, who sat on the bed and stared at the television. Creeping from view, Sally made for the door. She quietly cased through the labyrinth of locks. The heavy hotel door opened softly and allowed her to pass. But she didn't walk through the door. But she didn't walk through the door. No. An object flung directly into her back and sent her flying through the door. With pain searing through her spinal cord, she grabbed her rod and stood back up to face the other Sally, now standing in the doorway. The other Sally's face began to shift and shape in an inhuman way. Her lower eyelids began to peel downwards as if two invisible fish hooks had lodged into the skin and pulled. Her very teeth began to yellow. From her gums sprouted a line of razor-like teeth, jagged and formed in rows like that of a shark's. Her eyes began to roll deep into her skull, twitching to and fro as they moved inwards. The whites of the eyes began to darken, leaving only the color of the pupils left. Sally could hear the other Sally's bones crunching and breaking out of place. The other Sally's fingers elongated close to an inch, 
but the bones kept growing and growing until they pierced out of the flesh of her fingers. The arms kept growing and growing until they pierced out of the flesh too. Her skin began to yellow as if she had jaundice. In her hand she had gripped the base of the lampshade she'd used to hit Sally. Sally screamed and began to scramble around, trying to lift herself from the ground. The other Sally leaped forward with her sharpened, protruding bones ready to cut, and the lampshade ready to bludgeon. Sally drew up the curtain rod and slammed the lampshade, shattering it into pieces. And the other Sally was momentarily caught off guard. Sally used this opportunity to stand to her feet and prepare for the coming battle. She was a warrior, and in a situation like this, she was more than willing to fight, even if it felt like she might lose to whatever this monster was. She held the curtain rod in both hands like a staff. Then, she positioned her legs in warrior one pose. It was a defensive stance, and she could move in an instant or block an incoming attack. The other Sally smiled a toothy smile, with the lampshade broken, the other Sally lifted her little knife-like fingers and prepared to slash. The other Sally lunged forward at breakneck speed, her fingers aimed to cut through Sally's cheek. Sally shot the rod upwards and diverted the other Sally's hand into the sky. She then slammed the back end of the curtain rod in the other Sally's cheek, using all of the force of her muscular form. A cracking noise echoed down the hallway. The jaw had broken and now dangled in the cradle of the yellowed skin. The monster stumbled a few feet backwards. It placed a hand to its jaw and tried to put it back in place. But the jaw was broken, and it wasn't going back. The monster let out a bestial roar and charged again. This time... Sally dove towards the wall to avoid being stabbed through the stomach, but the creature saw her actions and twisted its pointed fingers to slash through Sally's common clothes and draw blood at her ribs. To any other person, they might have felt that. But Sally was a soldier, and not only had she been through pain, but she was full of adrenaline. She jumped behind the creature and gave a fierce kick to its rear. From both the momentum of the kick and the attempted stabbing, the creature flew forward and landed on its face. Sally saw the opportunity to escape. She rushed into the hotel room and slammed the door behind her. Her hands shook as she fumbled through the labyrinth of locks. The handle twisted violently, but Sally was fast enough. The door was locked. So Sally jumped into the bathroom, slammed the heavy door, and locked that one, too. She turned to the mirror and outstretched her hand. She felt the cold glass at her fingertips and knew that, for whatever reason, she'd be able to pass through this time. Waiting not but a moment, she jumped towards the wall with all of her might. Either the mirror would shatter from her body's impact, or she'd be freed. Shift away from the same events you've heard from history class over and over again. Listen to bite-sized historical stories that drift from the normal frequency of history. Retrospection Multimedia is proud to present Frequency Drift, 
New episodes on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Real history. Real life. Reality. Tell your stories through Retrospection Multimedia, an audiovisual organization dedicated to helping you succeed. We offer video editing, live event and podcasting services, and now, for a limited time only, sign up for the Ground Up Deal. The deal includes podcast consulting, editing, and coaching services. We will also create your own podcast website and RSS feed. Within a few weeks, your podcast will be available on every podcatcher. Order now at www.retrospectionmultimedia.com. Now, back to this episode of Retrospection Radio Theater. Sally fell to the ground in her bathroom. Adrenaline still pumped through her body, and another moment later, she was standing and bashing the mirror into shards of glass. When her task was complete, she dropped the curtain rod at her side, fell to her knees, and caught her breath. The adrenaline began to recede. She could feel her wounds again. She looked down to her ribs and found no blood, but the spot hurt like she was still wounded, a phantom pain residing where the injury had occurred. Sally did not sleep that night. Every time her mind began to drift, she would startle awake and reach for her concealed carry firearm she left on the end table. The light stayed on. The bathroom door stayed shut. Her room stayed locked. Hours passed. The sun came back up, and then there was a thud at the door. It startled Sally, of whom was semi-conscious. She grabbed her firearm, rose from the bed, and carefully walked to the door. She decided not to call out into the void. She figured that would be equally as dangerous as opening the door. So, she looked through the peephole. Nobody was outside. She tried to look underneath the door, but it was sealed. She sighed and carefully unlocked the door with her gun aimed. She pulled the handle. The absence of a person was a newspaper. It was the daily newspaper. Sally thought it was strange. She grabbed the newspaper and looked down the hall both ways. No one else had received a newspaper. She secured herself in the hotel room once more, placed the gun on the table, and opened the newspaper. She began to read. Golden Retriever saves duck from flood. Massive accident on highway leaves three dead. Cheese ravioli recall. Find the truth. Madison Gazette to be closed indefinitely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retrospection Radio Theater. I am Noah Martin, creative mind behind Retrospection Multimedia. Join us Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Please consider subscribing, rating, or reviewing this podcast if you liked it. If you like Retrospection Multimedia and the content we provide, go to www.retrospectionmultimedia.com. You can donate to help keep Retrospection Radio airing at the Ko-fi or Patreon link in the description. You can also go to our website to hire us for your own podcast. Join us again next week for the next thrilling episode of 
Retrospection Radio Theater Season 5.